Well, good evening, wrestling fans, and welcome to the Haggard Sefton Hershey's Hill High School Wrestling Weekly, hosted by the Double Eagle here at Cross Creek. Once again, we're live from the Double Eagle Clubhouse Grill, and my recommendations to our special guest for the uh, turkey ham club sandwich was wonderful. Dane partake of that, so did I. It was uh, well, well, uh, I believe well all, worth it. I believe all three of us had it, and yes. uh, definitely well recommended. Yeah, excellent. So, um, Dane, what do we have in store for tonight? I know we have a special guest maybe calling in here a little bit, but uh, we also have Coach Myers from the uh, uh, Jay County Patriots with us as well. Yeah, tonight was supposed to be a, a special uh, edition of the show live from uh, Mishawaka High School, but obviously there was no Al Smith tournament uh, from a very uh, early date in the calendar as Mishawaka felt that it was not going to be able to pull off a 32-team tournament as they were used to uh, running it. I know there are a lot of suggestions out there about, well, you could have it at an alternate site or you could split it up into two different places. And, uh, you know, in the end, and we'll talk about this with our special guest, and we can talk about it with Coach Myers because he's visited a couple of Al Smiths. The the Al Smith is sort of special in that it it, it has to take place at Mishawaka High School. And if you just move it to somewhere else, it's not the Al Smith. It loses its luster, (laughs) and uh, it's just not the same. And uh, I I think they made the right choice, and um, I I definitely look forward to going back next year. This will be the first time in 20 or 25 years that I haven't been to Mishawaka between Christmas and New Year's. But, uh, you know, it is what it is. You're only like. 30 years old. You mean you're going over here? Been going a lot of a okay. lot of years. Jeff Heller and I used to go together with Pete Brown when we were in like 4th and 5th grade. <laughs> uh, way back when. I I remember vividly going the year that Belmont lost by half a point to Penn. Yeah, I think it was uh 1999. Uh it would have been John Sheets freshman year, I think. And uh I remember the story and we can talk to Coach Farrote about this maybe later when he comes on the show later in the season. But uh, Coach Farrote, maybe first or second round, telling him, you know, you need to get falls, you need to get falls. Because John, obviously, by that point, they knew that he was a real deal. And he tech falled a kid, or maybe got a major. And Farrote always tells a story that he brought John Sheets over to the side and just chewed him out. You know, if we <laughs> lose this tournament by one point, it's going to be your fault because we didn't get the fall. And he said, at the end of the tournament, we lost by half a point. <laughs> and he said he never felt so bad because Sheets, I think, won that year and you know, obviously went on to a state title and was the leading point scorer. Uh, I think scored more points potentially than Randy Baker did that year. He said he felt bad because he told him it was going to come down to him, and it, it really technically, I guess, kind of did. But uh, it, was a, it was a heck of a tournament, and that was right in the, in the wheelhouse of Penn and Belmont, really when Belmont was, was deep into its run with uh, – in, at the uh, at the Al Smith tournament, so tonight we're going to go over uh, the the week that has passed with uh, Columbia City and Adam Central Wrestling, along with South Adams seeing some action at Rochester, Jay County also in action the last week, and then we'll take a look at our upcoming matches and then obviously preview the uh, the team state tournament. Um, lots of wrestling coming up. Um, <laughs> You and I have done quite a few Adam Central matches. The uh, the Belmont Braves, uh, just two matches on a season, so we're actually going to get into a little Belmont action tomorrow. I mean, it's been a long time coming, but I tell you what, I think it's best, and we can ask Coach Myers what his thoughts are, but get your COVID out of the way early. Yeah, and we discussed this, and, and Coach Myers and I discussed this way back in the fall. There's going to be a lot of different ideas about how to go about this season, and uh, Coach, you kind of took the alternate approach from what a lot of programs did 
and you said, let's get as many matches in as we can early because if they get canceled or postponed, we can pick them up later in the year. And you find yourself at, uh, what's your record now, 20? We've got 23 dual matches in so 21 and 2. And uh, after Saturday's matches at Team State, all you have left in your schedule is the are the ACAC uh, tournament matches on on that Friday. And yeah, and then the state tournament series. And we've we've got a couple of events that we're sending our B team to. And uh, we talked about you know we didn't have any um, you know you don't have a whole lot of control over your COVID issues. Uh, but you're right, you know, getting that stuff out of the way, getting those quarantine things out of the way, so they the, that they don't come up in the state tournament series is ideal but um yeah we took the approach that we wanted to get as many matches in as early as we could and we had one duel opening and uh you know i I put some feelers out there and coach brobes from uh hamilton southeastern said hey you know you guys want to wrestle in that first week of the year and we took it and uh i I think i told you guys i'm I'm not sure we're quite ready but i I think we're happy that we got that match in yeah and it was a pretty good match for you guys Uh, a pretty decent opponent they wrestle an awfully good schedule by no means a 12-point loss, anything to be ashamed of. It sort of sets you up, shows you where you are, then you come back, maybe have wrestle-offs again, have a few more practices, and then come out and, and wrestle a little bit different caliber opponent. But you find yourself in the ACAC duels with a 6-0 record, and now, obviously, 20-some wins later, uh, got yourself an invite to the Team State Tournament, and uh, very impressive. So what do you plan on doing during that part of the season when you don't have a match? Are you going to loan some of your kids to the basketball team? Or? <laughs> I, I'm definitely not going to do that. Um, but, yeah, we're going to uh, probably let the guys have just a little bit of a break, uh, work on some things that uh, we need to improve on in the room. Um, you know, that'll be a time for for us to do some video review, things like that, and um, just prepare for that state tournament series and that state tournament run. So um, that's uh, one I- one idea is just to uh, hopefully then um, have you had any positive t- cases of COVID on your team? Um, w- w- we've had some quarantine things. I-, I don't know if I'm able to speak on the the actual positive test, but you know we- we've had some quarantine things where we- we've been really fortunate this year that we've had a great group come out. We've had some kids that I've I've worked a long time to try and get out come out this year. So. Um, you know, we were able to fill different spots, and we were able to move some kids around. I, I, I excited that I have kids that are willing to, you know, bump around in different weight classes, bump up a little bit heavier than they're used to going to fill spots. Um, you know, even though it's not ideal for them personally, they're able to do that for the team. So we re- really appreciate that. And, and Dane and I can attest to the fact: if you live through it, then you're okay for a while. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and knock wood, yes. we, we live through it. Mm-hmm. So, Rex, we want to remind our listeners that our next show will be next Monday night here, 7.05 from the Double Eagle on Monday, January 4th. We'll have a full recap of the Team State Duels, all four classes, 1A, 2A, 3A, and 4A. Our special guest is going to be Coach Ben Sprunger from the Bluffton Tigers as they make their first uh, trip to the Team State Tournament. And we'll cover all of the uh, uh, action from the Team State Tournament, and we will also preview the Belmont and Bluffton match as there will be no rest for the tired as Belmont and Bluffton both turn around and wrestle uh, three days later uh, in a very good duel. Last year it was a very entertaining duel between the two teams um, and he will be our special guest here on Monday, January 4th, that show starting at 7.05. Now Rex, you and I were at Columbia City, our first trip to uh, the new campus there 
and we saw Adam Central in Columbia City. We kind of said it in the pregame match that we thought that the way that it was set up, Adam Central needed to come out and win the first two or three matches. They were in both of those, all, all three of them. Had takedowns early in all three of them. And I think if they could have hung, hung on to those matches, it could have been a different story team-wise. Because once the landslide started, it was, there was no going back. And then Columbia City is just too strong a team to come back on that many points on. And uh, it really was kind of a blowout. Uh, Am Central with like just 12 points in the match. And uh, it was, there were some good matches. But there was just not enough points for Am Central to, to uh, compete in that match. Yeah, it was 54-16, to 16, Columbia City <coughs> winning. Tanner Reed got the opening win over Caden Funk, 4-2. to two. Uh, Funk was uh, on top in the third period, frustrated, not able to get back points, was in a position, I thought, with a power half a couple of times where he might be able to get two and force it to overtime. Couldn't get the win. Uh, Alex Curry was in a spot to win. Uh, late against Ryan Sheets, but Sheets comes back and wins 7-4. Trevor Curry scores the opening takedown against Alton Molnax and ends up losing 6-4. to four. From there, AC gets wins from Keegan Bloom and Blake Hirely. And, you know, go back to if Adam Central would have won those first five matches, they would have been in great position to pull off a really big upset uh, over Columbia City. But from there, it's Columbia City winning at 220, 285, 106. Adam Central had a forfeit at 113. Uh, Josh Collier was outmatched at 120. Adam Central still forfeiting 126. Finally, Logan Allman stops the bleeding at 9-0 at 132 with the major decision. But from there, Forrester and McAfee had a very good match. Two wrestlers who really like to wrestle close, defensive, low-scoring matches. And Forrester ends up getting the fall there to make it even worse for Adam Central. And then uh, Columbia City wins the final, final bout there. 54-16 to was the final. Uh, but still a, a, a pretty good matchup for Adam Central. They gained something out of it. It wasn't a walkover with five or six forfeits, and, and I think uh, adding Columbia City to Adam Central's schedule is still a positive for Coach Curry, and I think both he and Coach Culp appreciate having each other on their schedule. You know, I, I don't think that Adam Central wrestled poorly. They were in the matches that they lost, and I just think that they didn't have enough points to win the matches they needed to. You know, we came out of that match, 54-16 to 16 was the final, and the first thing that Coach Culp says was, boy, we wrestled poorly. They took it to us. <laughs> they did. That's he said, said they came out, and they were more <laughs> aggressive than we were, and I was not happy with it. And I think that speaks a little bit, one, to Coach Curry and the way that he coaches, but also to Coach Culp, the expectations that his program has now. And that they beat Adam Central, a very good team, 54-16, to 16, and he comes out of there. He's angry. You know, we didn't wrestle well enough. We were better than that. Uh, that says a lot about where Columbia City's expectations are this year. So look at the score, and, and he wasn't happy with it. I mean, just because uh, they had more points on the scoreboard for as a team, but uh, there was matches that his guys didn't wrestle very well, and I think some of them got lucky in a couple of matches to, to win that they probably didn't deserve to win. Yeah, and Coach, you've seen uh, this Adam Central team. We know that they're young. It may be the youngest team that they've had in the last 15 or 20 years. Uh, they've got a lot of potential. I don't think they've quite put their full lineup together yet at this point. Yeah, and, you know, Gavin Cook's a kid that will slot into that 26 and, or 32 range that will make them a lot tougher. And, you know, they, they've got an injury, it seems like, at 113, so it'll help them to get uh, the Everett kid back if and when they do. Um, they, they've got a lot of a lot of younger kids that are that are stepping up and wrestling really well, and they, they've got a, a, a good young core. 
Well, guys, you always get great food and fun here at the Double Eagle. Open for lunch and dinner, the Double Eagle offers a safe environment for a, for a meal or a few libations. The outside patio is open if you care to smoke. The bar and restaurant are both smoke-free. Sit down in front of one of the 13 TVs to watch the, all the games or listen to the wrestling matches. And the coaches show right here at the Double Eagle at US 224 West Indicator. And with that, I'm going to send it back to Steve Rouse running aboard for us as the weigh-in period of our show has ended. And we'll be back with uh, our special guest right after this. At Complete Printing Service, you can count on Charlie Brune and the crew to take care of all your print needs. Everything from color copies, custom-made banners and signs, wedding invitations, business cards, magnetic and yard signs, and so much more. Complete Printing is located on South 2nd Street in Decatur. Our name says it all. Complete Printing Service. Call today at 724-3722. Complete Printing is also a Decatur Sculpture Tour sponsor. Hi, this is Jessie from Heller Nursery. Heller Nursery is located four miles west of Decatur in between 224 and 124 on 400 West. We are open all winter long. Come check out our large selection of house plants. We have snake plants, succulents, ficus, and so many more. Heller Nursery is always a season ahead, so stop in during the winter months to plan for spring. New crops are available weekly. Check out Heller Nursery's Facebook page for current selection and specials. We open seven days a week, year-round. Welcome back to the Haggard Sefton Hershey's Hill High School Wrestling Weekly, hosted by Double Eagle here at Cross Creek. Once again, we're live from the Double Eagle Clubhouse Grill, and we're joined by our special guest, uh, former wrestler and former coach of the Penn Kingsman, uh, Henry Wilk. And Henry, I can say this right off the bat, long-time listener, first-time caller? Yes. <laughs> <laughs> you got it. Dane said uh, you're one of our... One of our most uh, loyal listeners up in the uh, up in the uh, Michiana area. Yeah, I like. I really enjoy you guys. Why? Why, why do you? Why you do you bring like your us? own weather? Why? Why, why you do you guys like bring us? your own weather? <laughs> well, if Coach, you know what I mean, Coach. This is Dane Filling, and uh, we really appreciate having you uh, on the show. And uh, we were just talking about the fact that uh, for the first time in in decades. Belmont will not be traveling to South Bend in the Mishawaka area to wrestle in the uh, Al Smith Classic. What does it mean for you to not be able to uh, take in all the action at the Mishawaka Invite? Oh, it's a big, it's a big downer. There's no question about it. Uh, I've been a part of it for a long time. I, I was doing some radio broadcasting or online broadcasting of the of the Al Smith, and of course, my team uh, it, when I was coaching at Penn. In 2000, when it was renamed the Al Smith, it was the Mishawaka Invitational up to the year 2000. And if you recall, that's the year we beat Belmont by a half a point. We were just we were just reminiscing about that. <laughs> that very it was December of '99, I think. Yeah. And we were talking about John Sheets and uh, Chad Hirschberger. Chad Hirschberger. And, mm-hmm. and some of those matches. And I told the story that that uh, after the first or second match. Uh, John Sheets didn't finish off a pin, and Coach Farrote pulled Sheets off to the side and, and just reamed him and told him that, you know, if we lose by a point, it's going to be your fault. And uh, <laughs> Coach Farrote always tells the story that after that match, he felt so bad telling John that because it did come down to half a point, and, it, you know, Sheets ended yeah, up. Yeah, it was amazing. Yeah, it was a heck of a tournament, and there was a very good rivalry between those two teams. And then you guys ended up getting invited to the Belmont Super Duel and made a couple of visits to uh, Decatur yeah. in the years after mm-hmm. that. Yeah, Lawrence North was up there, and some of those – it was a powerful tournament back then too. But uh, also, 
in regards to that, we had a heavyweight that was pretty good. He was a three-time state placer. And he came within one point of being a freshman state qualifier as a freshman, uh, Mike Pinter. And Mike got beat in the second round. He was number one seed, I believe, in the tournament. And he came back to the consolation bracket and scored probably more points for us than if he would have went to the championship match. <laughs> because, you know, you lose early in that tournament, uh, it's a dogfight to come back, and you can really pile up some points in the consolation rounds. Yeah. And that's what Mike did. Especially in the big boy gym, in a 32-team tournament, you lose that opening round, but then you come back and you win four matches by fall uh, in that auxiliary gym. <laughs> There's a lot of points to be scored there. Yeah, I had a, I had a 65-pounder that... Lost the first round, came back and wrestled nine times, we figured out, and uh, he got third, and he really did a nice job. That was back in the 80s. So, Henry, um, you know, we're talking about the Al Smith Classic. Uh, you know, we've been around Al Smith for years. We, we know what a classy gentleman is. I've heard now that there's a tournament called the Henry Wilk Tournament. Do you <laughs> feel that you can compete with Al Smith in namesake now? Well, the good thing is you're not memorial. <laughs> That's all I can say about that. I'm and still I'm alive. to say this, but I refereed the tournament, too. <laughs> and uh, I, I developed a matrix to see who's going to wrestle, who's going to referee what, uh, what mats. Uh, this year, we only had three mats. We only had six teams. But in previous years, we'd have five, five to six mats. And I had to develop a matrix for all this. And these guys accused me of, of staying away from Penn. And I, I think it's only fair that I stay away from Penn. <laughs> and uh, some of them get the tough matches. but uh, And they give me a lot of, a lot of uh, raspberries on that one. So coach- but anyway, yes. And, you know, uh, speaking of Al Smith, uh, he still goes in the room. I don't know if you're aware of that. Not many people are, I don't think. And he still yells at him. Now, he, I stop by to see him every once in a while. And uh, he's not getting around as, as, as good as he used to. But he still goes in the room and he yells at him. And I refereed the Warsaw um, Mishawaka match down at Warsaw earlier in the year. And he was, in, he was in the crowd yelling at him. He does mostly the JV. And before the match, I went over and spoke with him. And I said, hey, Al, uh, hey, coach. I never call him Al. Hey, coach. Uh, I can hear you yelling over there. He said, yeah, I go in the room and yell, but I get a headache when I yell. So he's, he's, he's taming back a little bit, but he still goes in the room, and he still, uh, you know, he lives and dies uh, Mishawaka wrestling. There's no question about it. Oh, by the way, I don't know if you knew this, that I was his first state champion in 69, and Brad Harper, the current Penn coach, was his last state champion in 98. That's very interesting. Almost 30, almost 30 years. Pretty pretty neat. And, of course, Belmont uh, has their connection with Mishawaka Wrestling and former head coach Denny Hayes, who was a Mishawaka graduate. I used to go to the uh, – when they practiced football, I was an eighth grader. Denny was a senior. And uh, we would t- we'd sneak candy through the fence to the football players. <laughs> you know, that was our big, big charge for uh, us younger kids. But, uh, yeah, Denny's a Mishawaka, and I golf with a lot of his old uh, teammates that wrestled with him. Uh, they, the first wrestling coach was George Wilson at Mishawaka. And it's amazing how Mishawaka and Belmont's histories parallel each other because Phil and, and I were state champs the same year. And another one, uh, your first, was it Decatur, Gary Geisler? Yes, he was the first coach at Decatur High School. 
did he ever coach at Belmont? No. No. no he, it, he had moved on by that point. AJ was his first coach at Belmont, correct? No. Uh, no. Um, Kenny Webb. Kenny, Kenny Webb, Webb from Bloomington. Okay. He was from Bloomington. <clears throat> well, Geisler, when he was at Decatur, he uh, had an assistant named Wally Yeoman. And, of course, Wally is the father of Corey Yeoman, the present Penn football coach, and he co- coached with me. Uh, when I first started at uh, Penn in uh, the early 80s, he was uh, Dave Geyer's assistant. So there's a lot of connection there between the Belmont and the, the Mishawaka people, obviously. Yeah, it certainly doesn't feel like a full Belmont season without seeing Penn and Mishawaka as they have seen each other you know, for decades in this December period. Yeah, yeah. For sure. So, Coach, you're also uh, officiating at the Team State Duels, and we're joined here by Eric Myers, the head coach of uh, Jake County, who's going to be participating in the 2A tournament. And will you be at the Coliseum officiating? Yes. Yeah. And so we've, we're going to be talking later in the show about the fact that wrestlers are going to be weighing in the night before. Tell us a little bit about that process and what you know about it. Yes. Um, uh, we've got, uh, of all the teams that are participating, 4, 3, 2, and 1A, uh, we have an official sign on Friday to go and do their weigh-in skin checks, nails and, and facial hair checks. And that will take place uh, after 10 o'clock because I think the first round starts at 10 o'clock. So, uh, Mr. Falcons, this is only for social distancing because, uh, as you're, you may not be aware, of the weigh-in process at the state team championships uh, is pretty hectic, you know, and it's, it's really, really... Uh, Binding, you know. I mean, there's not much social distancing, obviously. Yeah. So that's why they've decided to go to this uh, measure. It's definitely going to change the process, and and probably going to give a couple of teams some advantage, uh, being able to weigh in and then not wrestle for a good 24 hours. Yeah, and the hydration factor will be uh, will be will be kicking in. Let's say it definitely adds some intrigue to the weekend for sure. It surely does because I remember the state finals. They they used it a couple. Of, couple of years. Rex, maybe when you were officiating, uh, well, I think it was re- as early as 99, because I had a kid in the state finals in 99 uh, at 52. He wrestled a kid named Fred Joseph for the state championship. They only weighed in on Friday night. They did not weigh on Saturday morning. And when he went out there Saturday night against Joseph, Joseph was a two-timer for Portage. Uh, he was huge, Joseph was. And I knew he was cutting a lot of weight. And uh, he'd be the end of being a three to two. Make a long story short, but uh, it's going to make a big difference, a big impact. Well, it's like college. I mean, Henry, you wrestled. I mean, the college mm-hmm. time. I mean, you know, a lot of times you'd weigh in into schools before you went. I mean, and that's kind of <laughs> reminiscent of. Uh, it was the honor system back then. Remember? Yes, it was. <laughs> <laughs> some people honored it. Some didn't. Well, Coach, we're about ready to go to break here, and uh, we really appreciate you calling in and uh, listening to the show, and we look forward to seeing you Saturday at the Coliseum. Yeah, it'll be a fun experience. Well, thank you very much. Well, keep bringing the weather, guys. (laughs) Take care. Thanks, Henry. Uh, Take care. Bye. Looking for a fun and easy way to raise funds for your club, church, or organization? Call Dennis at Cross Creek Golf Club in Decatur. Let the professionals at Cross Creek help you with all the details. The pro shop is closed until January 18th. Until then, call and leave a message to set up a date for your outing. With 27 holes of golf, Cross Creek can handle any outing, big or small. Like Cross Creek on Facebook or call at 724-4316. Don't delay as outing dates go fast. That's Cross Creek Golf Club here in Decatur. 
And with that, the first period has ended, and we're headed into the second period. And with that, I'm going to send it. With that, I'm going to send it back to studio. Steve Rouse on the board for us for a round of messages. We'll be back with uh, Coach Eric Myers in our second special guest spot right after this. Independently owned and operated, Haggard Sefton Hershey and Zelt Funeral Home, located in the heart of downtown Decatur, has been serving the funeral needs of Adams County and the surrounding area for over 114 years. Whether it's at need, a prearrangement, or a monument sale, our small staff is here to provide comfort in your time of need and make our home feel like an extension of your home as we assist you in honoring the life of your loved one. When you're doing new construction or remodeling and you need drywall, the name to call is Paul Baker Drywall. Paul Baker Drywall does championship caliber work and gives you free estimates. Paul uses all the latest styles for your approval and his work is always guaranteed. Give Paul a call today at 701-4388. That's 701-4388. When it's time for drywall, use the best Paul Baker Drywall. Enjoy neighborhood living and peace of mind for your family in a two-bedroom, one-bedroom, or studio apartment at Adams Woodcrest Assisted Living. New address, new home, new life with household amenities including menu choices and times tailored to your liking. A family room with fireplace and bistro, laundry and housekeeping services. A state-of-the-art response system and medication reminders are included too at Adams Woodcrest Assisted Living, 1300 Mercer Avenue in Decatur. For a private tour, call 260-728-4038. Well, wrestling fans, welcome back to Hager Stephanie Hershey Zell High School Wrestling Weekly, hosted by the Double Eagle here at Cross Creek. Once again, the uh, 699 special was phenomenal, and it was uh, partaken by most of us here, and uh, it comes highly recommended, and I've never had a bad special here yet, Dane, so... No, the food is always great. We encourage everybody to come out on Monday nights as we are on Monday night the rest of the season. The only night we are not on Monday from now until March is we are going to delay our show the night of the sectional seating meeting until Tuesday so that instead of uh, trying to follow Twitter and get inside room texts from uh, the tournament director at Jay County, we're going to delay until Tuesday, and they'll be able to go over all of the brackets for all of our uh, local sectional fans that night. Well, that makes sense, Dane. It does, and then you know it's uh, it's always a fun night that sectional seating meeting, and uh, it makes for better radio when you actually have something to talk about. <laughs> Mr. Falcons has made it more interesting every year as we've gone through things, but uh, it's always exciting to to hear that the rules have changed and gone back. And I tell you what. After everything that we've been through, although everybody's going to be excited that there is going to be a state tournament by that time, it's going to be a wild seating meeting. You know, you know, with we, an abnormal year of wrestling, without as many head-to-heads, uh, there's going to be. You know, Belmont at this point has no guarantee that they're going to get ten matches in mm-hmm. with where they're at. It, it is fortunate that there's that language in there with past semi-state quarterfinalist and. Semi-state qualifiers, even in there, down a little ways. It's I, yes. Is there, it after there are some things. Though? There are some things worked in there. Um, if you have a, a matching winning percentage, that it goes right. to, to pass. But the semi-state quarterfinalist is big. Yes. That includes, you know, from a Belmont perspective, guys like Alec Mowry, uh, Ike Rubel, a couple other guys that that, that that will help. So, Dane, let's let's put the feelers out there. We do not have confirmation that uh, Commissioner Falcons is a listener of ours. <laughs> But let's put it out there. And that if would be a great interview. Have, I mean, that's the interview. We just had a great phone call and interview with uh, Henry Wilk. And if, 
if uh, Mr. Falcons does not want to make the trip to the Big D town here and uh, partake of a nice beverage and a uh, meal with us. But uh, we could we can work it out. We have the technology to uh, bring him on board. But uh, on that night, uh, we're going to make AJ stay home. Yeah, that would we, don't be, need, we don't need that confrontation. <laughs> that would be quite an interesting, uh, as we know that the IHSAA, you know, uh, if you read the minutes, they've gone through some budget cuts. They've cut loose some support staff, and uh, they've, they've tried to make things work. But uh, I'm certain he's still got a phone. I know that the IHSAA <laughs> is certainly hoping that all of the winter championships take place because I think if they don't, we could see some serious consequences in the organization going forward with that loss of revenue. So, Coach Myers, welcome to the show, and uh, you've been our guest before. You were on our yeah. show last year, and uh, welcome back to the show. And uh, you and your uh, wife uh, also partook of the uh, special tonight, and I uh, told you I'm not going to steer you wrong on the special. Yeah, so we normally have club practice on Monday night, so I listen to, to the show in podcast form, and I'm always disappointed. You know, I'm, I'm driving home on a Tuesday, and I hear about the special, and it sounds so good. <laughs> I can't have it, so I, I was glad I got to partake tonight. We didn't have club practice. So. so, Coach, we were talking earlier. You lose your opening match. You add it to your schedule. You start 0-1, and then you rip off 22 straight wins. You get invited to Team State. Uh, you guys are kind of riding high right now. Yeah, we're, we're wrestling pretty well. Um, you know, we didn't get to do some things in our scheduling that we like to do. We wrestled uh, normally first uh, Saturday in December. We wrestled a tournament in Dayton, Ohio at Franklin, um, and that got canceled. Uh, we didn't get to wrestle in the Carroll Invitational, where we were excited to see uh, Belmont and Carroll and, and Garrett and you know that that's always a tough one. So uh, we we took the approach this year to log as many matches as we could. So I, like I told you guys, any time we had something canceled, I, I tried to schedule something as quickly as we could. And you know we're we're at a point right now where um, we've got a lot of our season in so far, and I, you know that's that's a good thing. I, I feel like, and I, I think our guys are prepared um, prepared for team state definitely, and then then we'll work to to continue on from there. You know, we talked about there not being an Al Smith tournament this year, and we kind of joke and laugh about it, but uh, the ECIC is always a fun tournament uh, over the holidays. You know, not something that's up there in quality with Connersville or with the Al Smith, but always a tournament where you see teams that you're familiar with, there's some good matches, and overall just a really fun day. Sure, and um, the the funny thing there was that uh, the way the ECIC fell on the calendar for a little while is we used to wrestle in the ECIC and then go to the Spartan Classic. And I was just thinking that, you know, all those years that you've made it to the Al Smith, you've never had the chance to experience the, the Spartan Bowl and the Spartan Classic. You know, no. I, I did. I did, you I did, did, fi- I did 15 years of it. Uh-huh. So, um, yeah. And I, one year I went right from the ECIC to Connorsville and did the Connorsville tournament. Okay. And uh, it's, some, there, it's a different wrestling down there it's just a little bit different yeah uh, and then you kind of get that the Connorsville is the al smith of the south uh-huh more or less and it's got a lot of indianapolis teams you know lawrence north cathedral used to be in that hunk north used to send a team in and there's some there's some pretty solid teams i mean rushville used to come in there and rushville mm-hmm. used to have some pretty good teams back in the day um clinton clinton prairie was in there um south uh there are some other schools down there. Some pretty good teams come in there. Yeah, when we were there, we saw Carmel and uh, Snyder was in there. I, I'm trying, Lebanon, Greenfield Central. Um, so it, it was a, a fun tournament. 
And the rumor was this year that they were going to get track wrestling for the first time, but it's one of the few <laughs> tournaments left in Indiana where you kind of had to be there. You know, I think back to, we're talking about uh, Jeff Heller and I going in fifth and sixth grade with Pete Brown. You know, you used to have to keep uh, a bracket at the Al Smith tournament with, with two gyms. With a pencil? With a pencil, and it was really difficult. And I remember as a young kid, I would go and I would sit in the, big, in the, in the little boy gym, and, and Bruce Teamy was my source for keeping the brackets for, for 103 through 145. And then you'd race over to the other gym. And for those of you who haven't ever been to the Al Smith, it's a pretty decent hike from one gym to the next. And then Roger Boldemeyer and Doug Horman were always my sources over in the big boy gym. But if you didn't keep track of that, uh, you know, and you were in your hotel room for that two-day tournament, you'd have to wait until that, that South Bend newspaper came out the next morning at your breakfast to figure out what the, what the team scores were. And obviously now with track wrestling, they half the time they don't even print out a bracket anymore. But uh, definitely interesting. And, you know, with Connorsville, like you said, you know, they haven't ever used track. And it's one of those things where they have to sneak out uh, brackets out to Indiana Matt, who publishes them anonymously on some <laughs> deep part of the interwebs and all of those types of things. But uh, Definitely a fun tournament. Yeah, I know one year it was either for you or Joe. I took pictures of every single one of the brackets and sent it that way. Yes, and we, I think we filtered those through three different sources so that none of it could be traced <laughs> yeah, back to you right. so that you wouldn't Encrypted. get kicked out of the Connorsville tournament. And obviously Southern Wells had some great success over there uh, with Coach Landis the last couple of years. And, uh, you know, as we look forward to next year, we don't want to discount this year, but uh, I think when we, we head back to tournaments like the Al Smith, and even Team State, if all four classes are back together, that's something I think we're going to appreciate a little bit more next year because of missing out on that on that this year. And, and, and the only reason that I actually retired from that Connorsville tournament is because uh, the second day of the tournament was on my wife's birthday. And for about <laughs> 10 years, she spent her birthday at the tournament, and she's like, uh, I've had enough of this. It's like, okay, so I moved back a little bit north closer to that. So I have a recurring uh, post on my Facebook page. Uh, for probably a dozen years, I've always posted because well, we always sit in the same spot. That's a Belmont trait to go to a tournament and then sit in the same section year after year after year after year. Uh, but I always make a post that says life's a little bit better when you're sitting next to Bruce Teamy. <laughs> and we've, we've sat next to Bruce Teamy. Uh, I have for probably 25 years at that tournament. And uh, that showed up on my Facebook today and it just kind of made me a little bit sad that uh, I, I have so many great memories from uh, Great Wins by Jeff Heller there uh, at, to that 1999 tournament that Coach Wilk immediately talked about, of course, with a half-point win over Belmont, but uh, some really great wins. And obviously, as a, as a young kid growing up, uh, Randy Baker winning the fourth time was just an absolute highlight for me. Um, there were some other great matches. Um, <coughs> Uh, Reinhardt versus Schultz when Belmont and Mishawaka were back and forth. And then some, some great matches as Mishawaka really upped the tournament to add teams like Cathedral and Perry and Crown Point. And uh, just something that I'm going to miss this, this uh, winter season. Now to highlight something that one of our other faithful listeners from the South, uh, Mike Gable from uh, Evansville Modern Day, he told us during our pre-state finals match, he said that you know they went into the tournament one time. He told guys, hey, just put your stuff right here. And he said they went in, wait in, come out. And their stuff was sitting on a floor, and the Belmont guys were there. And the Belmont guys like, 
that's my spot. He's like, okay, we'll go someplace else. That is definitely a trait. And uh, Eric, I know you've been to the Al Smith a couple of times. You know exactly which section I'm talking mm-hmm. about. Mm-hmm. If you were to drive up to Mishawaka right now, you could walk and sit right where we're talking about. Sure. Yeah, sure. That's definitely a trait. So, hey, before we go to our next break, let's dive in a little bit deeper. Jay County has been invited into the 2A Team State uh, Tournament. They are the five seed. They're going to wrestle. You guys are going to wrestle Wawasee in the opening round starting at 10 a.m. Tell us what you know a little bit about uh, Wawasee. Uh, well, Wawasee being a, a champion at one time in 2A, uh, you know, I, I felt like we looked through that draw and that was, you know, based on their history, not necessarily a team that we wanted to see, but, you know, um, based on some of their results, I think that we match up fairly well with them. Um, our, our lightweights uh, are, are fairly strong right now, and they're, they've got some solid lightweight, so that'll be a fun thing to watch. So tell, um, tell us a little bit. Uh, uh, two of your better wrestlers are Ethan Riley and uh, Tony Wood. Who do you see them matching up with against uh, Wawasee? Well, I, I, I'm not really sure. Um, you know, based on the results I've seen, uh, you know, they've been kind of all over the place, and I think some of that's kind of quarantine issues. But, you know, um, uh, with your sheet here, we've got uh, Stuckman at 26, uh, a ticket rounder last year, would match up against Tony Wood. And then uh, Dylan Tom, uh, semi-state qualifier, would match up against Ethan Riley. You know, and that those would both be solid matchups there. Um, uh, you know, and, and those matches could swing the duel, really. You know, and I, one of the kids that's on our lineup that's just impressed the heck out of me in the last few years that Jace Alexander mm-hmm. with just three losses to state qualifier. Yeah. Uh, that kid's the real deal. Very tough. Very tough wrestler. You know, and, and we, uh, we're pretty young. I, uh, you look through our lineup, we've got two seniors right now and are starting 14. Um, but we've got a lot of kids with a lot of experience, a lot of uh, middle school state placers coming in as freshmen. So uh, they're hungry. They're excited. And they've, uh, they watched us wrestle in the team state last year, and they wanted an opportunity, and they were disappointed that they didn't, we didn't qualify this year. So to have the opportunity to, to get in late here, um, they're, they're thrilled. They're very excited. Real quick point about that a middle school state placer mm-hmm. coming in. Yeah. What do they think now? Oh, you're in a big, you're in a big pond now, right? Right, absolutely. <laughs> I, but, you know, you have a pretty good idea that those kids are going to be – are going to see some success as freshmen, you know, um, and it, yeah, it depends on where they place and, and what weight they place at. But, um, you know, we, we've, we had a lot of pretty good kids come in and, you know, just to have only two seniors in the lineup and to, to have 22 dual wins right now. I, I'm, I've been really proud of our kids and how hard they're working and um, with their preparation. And what I've seen from Jay County so far, and we were there for the second day of the ACAC duels, and we've seen enough action from Belmont and Adams Central and South Adams. When I look at Belmont and Adams Central and South Adams lineups, you know, besides the forfeits, there's one, two, three spots in all three teams' lineups where I say they're probably going to give up a pin there. You know, those are, there's three guys in, the, in that lineup at some point that are going to give up a pin. When I look at your lineup, it's much more solid and even throughout. Maybe not – you guys don't have four or five guys who are, uh, you know uh, – at the spot where they're going to qualify for state, but you don't have those easy pins that you're giving up, and I think that speaks to what you've been able to do so far. Yeah, solid all the way through, and it seems like, and I told those guys, you know, 
our wrestlers that if we want to get in there and we want to start beating other good dual teams, you're going to have to have different guys step on, up on different nights because you know some teams are going to have a tough 126. Some teams are going to have a tough 182, and you might not be able to rely on the same guy every single dual match. So if, as long as we have one of those guys step up and win a big match, you know, we're going to be sitting in the driver's seat. And when you have those three predictable spots or two or four or however many it is, it makes it that much more exploitable for an opposing coach to come in and be able to maneuver their lineup to exploit those those two or three spots. And when you do have that solid lineup, then they're, they're, they're not able to do that. Yeah. And, they, and yeah. then, then also you have to have that role, that team player out there, you come out and say, your role, you cannot give up a pin. I mean, I know this kid is better than you, and the odds are he's going to beat you. You cannot give up a fall. Yeah, and that's something that's kind of difficult to say to a a kid. But in in the dual season, that's a win sometimes. The the wins to stay off their back or to, um, you know, give up a decision and not a major decision. And, you know, another thing that's really big in that dual, you know, the dual matchups is your starting weight. You know, we've had a, we had a match this year where we started in the perfect spot and we rattled off six straight pins and, you know, we, <laughs> and then hang on. Yeah. <laughs> and, and I seem like start the ball rolling, you know, and I felt like some of our other guys had less pressure on them. They started wrestling well. Um, and, and, you know, like I said, started that ball rolling and, and it just kept going. Yeah, and some of it is momentum, and some of it is literally coming down to when you start at the exact weight where you're thinking about making a move, then that completely negates that move because you, you can't take yeah. a guy mm-hmm. from the last match and go back in time and wrestle him in the first match. And we kind of saw that in Coach Curry in his <laughs> match. He, he thought, you know, I want Alex to have a good match, so he bumped him up. Well, that, that misfired for him. I mean, Sheets wrestled a good match, and beat, so he lost him. So he made that, that move to get a good match and lost that one. Then his next match, he lost that one. And, I mean, that momentum and the, the starting position, he, he probably thought that was a good position for him to start in. And then after you lose the first couple of matches, it's, mm-hmm. it's slipping away fast. And that's the beauty of the Team State Tournament is that there's no, well, we're trying to accomplish this tonight. It's... Everybody is working towards January 2nd, and specifically in this season where, to be real honest, we can't guarantee that there is going to be a sectional or a regional or a semi-state. You know, January 2nd could be the peak of some of these team seasons. Uh, everything's going to be on the line. This is where we want to accomplish something and win something, and uh, we can't take any chances just to get somebody a good, a good match. Rex, the Weber family here in Decatur, Brad, Mary, Blake, and Moose are proud to support high school athletics by helping to sponsor our one-of-a-kind wrestling coaches show. With the civic-minded backing of families like the Webers and our many local business advertisers, we are able to be the only radio station in Indiana to dedicate a show strictly to the great sport of high school wrestling. Once again, a big thanks to the Brad Weber family and all of our many sponsors. As Dana Dana and I like to say, it's the best wrestling talk show in the state of Indiana. On radio. On radio. Yeah. Since it's the only one. I agree. With that, I'm going to send it back to the studio. Steve Rouse run the board for us for a round of commercial messages. We'll be back with our uh, third period action right after this. Looking for a trusted name in home or farm insulation? Ted Sprunger Insulation has been taking care of families in our area since 1978. When it comes to spraying foam and cellulose insulation, Ted Sprunger Insulation can't be beat for service or price. Give them a call today at 273-5068 or at 824-3021. That's 273-5068 or 824-3021. Ted Sprunger Insulation. Hi, this is Jesse from Heller Nursery. 
Heller Nursery is located 4 miles west of Decatur in between 224 and 124 on 400 West. We are open all winter long. Come check out our large selection of house plants. We have snake plants, succulents, ficus, and so many more. Heller Nursery is always a season ahead, so stop in during the winter months to plan for spring. New crops are available weekly. Check out Heller Nursery's Facebook page for current selection and specials. We open seven days a week, year-round. Get in, get out, get better. Get healthy in every way. For all your non-emergency medical needs and minor injuries and illnesses, Adams Memorial Hospital offers StatCare. Staffed with people you know and trust, Monday through Friday from 7.30 a.m. to 8.30 p.m. and Saturday and Sunday from 9 a.m. to 5 p.m. with no appointment necessary. Patients should use the emergency department entrance for this safe, convenient, and affordable care. Welcome back to the Haggard Stephen Hershey's Hill High School Wrestling Weekly, hosted by Double Eagle here at Cross Creek. Once again, we're live at Double Eagle Clubhouse Grill. Rex Burr along with Dane Filling and our special guest, Coach Myers of the Jay County Patriots, who will be with us Saturday along with PGW, our other sister station. They will be there covering their uh, Jay County Patriots along with uh, Rob Weaver, our station owner, and uh, Nat Wood. Yeah, and we're going to have two stations covering uh, two classes. There's going to be a couple of rounds where a couple of teams aren't going to be wrestling. Uh, as far as we know, the top four seeds in each class at the Coliseum are going to have the first round off. So uh, Belmont fans will not be listening to action until 11.15, 11.30 probably as the five through eight seeds and the unseeded teams wrestle. And then in round two, those first round losers will have a bye. Uh, as of right now, Jay County, Adam Central, and South Adams are all seeded five through eight. So if the seeds hold, which Coach Myers and I can guarantee that they will rest, <laughs> uh, then uh, everybody will be wrestling in round two uh, from Belmont, Adams Central, South Adams, and Jake County. And then from there, we, we just go to... to and to it'll be go. a free-for-all for us to broadcast. Yeah. And uh, it was an interesting, uh, you know, an interesting process. Uh, Coach Myers and I have been uh, in charge of seeding the Team State Tournament for uh, seven, eight years now. Wow. Uh, we got... Uh, There's gray in that beard. <laughs> I can see it from here. We randomly got a phone call a couple, uh, well, you know, eight years ago from uh, Coach McCormick from Yorktown who said, uh, hey, we think you guys know what you're talking about. How would you like to seed this tournament? And uh, I guess we were... We were, I guess, originally enticed by being able to perhaps get into the tournament for free. Uh, maybe it was our original. I don't know what. I, I don't know why we said yes in the first place, but uh, we did, and we've had a lot of fun doing it. Um, I, I know I personally have met a lot of coaches and a lot of people that I wouldn't have met outside of, of that job. I get a lot of information from a lot of people who maybe their team used to be involved three or four years ago from a different part of the state, and even though their team isn't in it now, they're still providing input, and I think, honestly, we, we get more honesty from people now than we, than we ever have as far as, hey, don't, you know, this team may look good on paper, but make sure you look at this and this and this. Or from the flip side, you know, I had Coach uh, Tante from Franklin. Uh, he sent me a couple of texts. He says, hey, you know, make sure you don't, you're not too low on this team or that team because that could really screw things up. Uh, Columbus East had a great tournament in this uh, big tournament with 
Center Grove and, and Brownsburg and Perry Meridian. That's going to be a great uh, 3A tournament. But, uh, Coach, you got anything to say about being involved in the seeding of this tournament? Um, you know, Dane does a majority of the heavy lifting there. But, uh, you know, just as a coach looking through results and, and um, you know, trying to keep up with that and give Dane some of my input, I, I appreciate having the opportunity to be involved. And um, But, yeah, Dane's mainly the brains behind that operation. I'd you know, say. He, I, I certainly am not. So you've met a lot of coaches from all around our state, but there's a guy that lives ten miles that way. Doesn't know who <laughs> you are. Doesn't right? know who exists. <laughs> hey, you want to be on a wrestling show? What wrestling show? Uh, we do. We do. Uh, you know, for those who are interested, we do have a shared document that uh, a couple of us are constantly on and updating. And over the course of the summer, that's a delete all of the seniors off the team, update the grades, update the records from everybody who wrestled in sectional last year. Take a look at it. Both Coach Myers and I vote on the Coaches Association um, <coughs> final spots for the Team State Tournament. Um, Coach Ratliff has continued to give us the opportunity to do our best. And uh, I've always said that when we get to the Team State Tournament, it's one of the weekends that I enjoy the least because my name is kind of attached to the favorites winning. And every time a favorite doesn't win, then it feels like I did something wrong. And then I can't root for the underdog because I, I want the favorite <laughs> to win to validate what we've done. But we've said before in the past, you know, and we've, I've said this before on multiple shows, just because we've seeded someone somewhere doesn't necessarily mean that we think that's the team that's going to win. But we're, you know, we're restricted by certain rules. When there's a head-to-head win by one team over the other, then that really sets things into place. And we may, you know... We may, you know, think that one team is going to beat another, but because they've lost head to head, they get stuck in the, in that seat. And, and fans, let me tell you, I'll be the first to tell you that after that first round, Dane comes up to me. Hey, I was seven out of eight, seven out of eight, and that one was iffy, anyways. And he he takes his role very seriously. <laughs> yeah, and this year it was more difficult than any other year because you look at those scores and. You know, you have to kind of use those, um, but you don't know how representative those are of, you know, their full team. How many kids were quarantined? How many kids are going to show up, you know, at the, at the team state and, you know, make a big difference in, in that outcome? Well, and a great example of that may be at 1A with Tell City. You know, I, for the last 10 to 12 years, I've been tasked with uh, putting preseason team rankings together. When you're putting preseason team rankings together, you're only going based off of returning varsity wrestlers. Tell City was my number one team in 1A coming out. Then they got quarantined and they hadn't wrestled all year up until December 15th or 16th. And I dropped them down to two. They had one head-to-head against Heritage Hills who had also wrestled North Posey. Tell City beat Heritage Hills by more than North Posey did. And you take those two results together and you say, you know, right now it looks like Tell City is better than North Posey. They get the number one seed. Whether or not those two teams wrestle each other for the championship or for third place, I don't know. But uh, I, I do think that Tell City is an awfully good team and somebody who could really shake things up at, at 1A. You still have to wrestle it. I mean, you can seed anywhere you want. You still got to wrestle it. The matches got to come out the way they need to come out and then you know, just play it out. And for teams from way down there south in Evansville, you know, they've got the extra motivation, but also the extra challenge and that they have, to, they have to make that trip. They have to come. For them, they're going to have to weigh in and then make the trip, stay overnight in Fort Wayne, and then, and then go. Probably not as many fans as, as what they're used to. This year, the fans won't make a difference, uh, but we know that in past years, 1A and 2A, from the, the Prairie Heights fans to 
Western had a great fan base a few years ago. Columbia City, Belmont, Adam Central, they've all had great fan bases, and that's always played a role in the team state tournament. Well, if Western only brought people named Shepard, they'd still have a big crowd. So, <laughs> so Rex, before we go to our next, uh, you know, we probably should talk about Belmont and Penn. Uh, Penn is a team that's four and five. Belmont comes in at one and one. Uh, perhaps Penn's best wrestler, Ryan Purvis, is no longer with the team. They do have a returning state qualifier in AJ. Is it Stenbeck or Steenbeck? Do you remember from I'll, Mr. I'll Whitehead? Believe, I'll believe whatever you say, Dave. <laughs> okay, well, we may have to text mm-hmm. our good friend Kevin Whitehead to make sure we get the pronunciation right. But he could match up with Isaac Freet. Uh, and Freet's had a great start to the season with the big win over Ryan Sheets. And uh, something worth uh, listening to tomorrow when we go on air at noon. But uh, this Penn team is a team that lost by 25 or 30 points to Mishawaka. And then three days later, they come back and they beat Mishawaka by 25. So it's interesting to see what Penn team shows up. I do expect there to be seven or eight JV matches tomorrow. So we should have plenty of pre-match for you. And once again, that's a noon start for it's the match. It's a noon start. We're going to come on, uh, on air about 11.30, 11.40 tomorrow. So very good matches between Belmont and Penn, and obviously it's going to be great to see Belmont back on the mat as uh, Belmont fans have only been able to, uh, to listen to that twice all year. So with that, I'm going to send it back to studio. Steve Rouse running the board for us, as always, here on Monday nights. We'll be back with more wrestling talk for the overtime period right after this. You don't always need an attorney, but when you do, the man to call is Brad Weber. Brad has extensive experience in most legal matters and will help you make your problems disappear. Keep this number handy, 452-7045. That's 452-7045. You just never know when you'll need the services of an experienced litigator like Brad Weber. Independently owned and operated, Haggard Sefton Hershey and Zelt Funeral Home, located in the heart of downtown Decatur, has been serving the funeral needs of Adams County and the surrounding area for over 114 years. Whether it's at need, a prearrangement, or a monument sale, our small staff is here to provide comfort in your time of need and make our home feel like an extension of your home as we assist you in honoring the life of your loved one. Enjoy neighborhood living and peace of mind for your family in a two-bedroom, one-bedroom, or studio apartment at Adams Woodcrest Assisted Living. New address, new home, new life with household amenities including menu choices and times tailored to your liking. A family room with fireplace and bistro, laundry and housekeeping services. A state-of-the-art response system and medication reminders are included too at Adams Woodcrest Assisted Living, 1300 Mercer Avenue in Decatur. For a private tour, call 260-728-4038. Know the warning signs. Know the difference and get help fast. Call 911 immediately if you experience these symptoms of stroke. Numbness or weakness of face, arm or leg. Trouble speaking or seeing. Dizziness or loss of balance. Sudden severe headache. Symptoms of heart attack including chest pain, lightheadedness, nausea, jaw, neck, stomach or back pain. Pain in the arm or shoulder or shortness of breath. Don't take a chance with your health. Allow Adams Memorial Hospital to safely serve you. Welcome back to the Hager Sefton Hershey's Eld High School Wrestling Weekly, hosted by Double Eagle here at Cross Creek. Once again, we're live from the Double Eagle Clubhouse Grill. Rex Burlong and Dane Filling and our special guest this week, Eric Myers. And uh, the only rowdies left in the place are, are related to you guys and Dane Let- and uh, Spencer Letchfield. Spencer, you can't call in with the 
Um, yeah, we, we, we stopped we, having a trivia question because Spencer got all the Spencer answers right. Spencer won it all the time, so we don't have the trivia question anymore. So a recurring uh, part, I didn't have to delete it from the third period, is a Belmont schedule update. I can tell you that there have been no Belmont schedule updates. We know that uh, every team gets 18 points on the schedule. Belmont has used 12 of those or has 12 of those scheduled. So still six points available. Uh, Belmont will wrestle East Noble at Huntington North uh, the week after teams team state, but um, still need to make up duels with DeKalb and Norwell. They have a duel scheduled with New Haven. They, <laughs> and we've told them, don't do that if they wrestle at the team state. Yeah, they could potentially wrestle New Haven if they beat uh, gosh, who are we on now? New Haven is wrestling Monrovia. Mm-hmm. Uh, so if New Haven beats Monrovia, then they will wrestle Belmont, so we'll see whether or not um, Dale Manis and uh, Coach Gunsett decide to go with that match on January 14th, but we will try to bring you as much action as we can as we've got other schedules going on here. But uh, look for Belmont to add, uh, for sure, to Calvin and Norwell to their schedule, and then they'd still have four points left. Uh, they have an open date on January 9th uh, where they could go just about anywhere, but they will already be wrestling January 2nd. Four matches, three matches potentially. January 5th against Bluffton. Then the 7th against Huntington North and East Noble. So I'm not sure if January 9th really fits. And I think that speaks to what you were able to do, Coach Myers, and getting those matches out of the way early. At some point, Belmont's going to have to realize that they can't make up all of those matches. And it may end up that, you know, the Ike Rubles and the Isaac Freets, they may end up going into the state tournament at 11-0, 12-0, because... Uh, 25 and 0 is just not attainable at this point with the schedule that they have. Yeah, <coughs> but that's what, that's understood. I mean, it's it's the COVID season. I mean, we saw that with football, with football teams, and their records were all out of whack at the end of the season because they didn't play their regular schedule and they played teams that they whoever they could pick up. So we just assume that this year is going to be different, and you you roll with it. Yeah, I, I I'm guessing that they'll be able to pick up. Close to all those points. I, I mean, the with individual duels scheduled towards the the end of the season, but not very many of the Saturday tournaments. Well, they, you only have so many options there. And the biggest question is, how tightly do you want to pack your schedule at the end of the season heading into that tournament series? Do you want to be wrestling Tuesday, Thursday, Saturday mm-hmm. for three straight weeks heading into the sectional seating meeting? Is that the best position for your team? Do your kids have enough wrestling experience that they need that they don't need those matches, I don't know. Mm-hmm. You know, I think the, the, the COVID situation is really going to hurt the Ike Rubles, Doby Litchfields, um, Isaac Freitz. The kids who are really looking for that top-level competition are really going to miss out on the Mishawaka tournaments, uh, that Carroll Super Duel where they, get, where they were getting great matches. And, you know, unfortunately... If they end up with just 15, 16 matches, I, I think that may hurt them compared to some of their competitors who are still able to get 25 to 30 matches in. So, Dane, speaking of schedule, what do you have on tap for the rest of the week for WZBD Sports? Yes, yeah, so we should be on air tomorrow morning somewhere between 1130 and noon. Uh, we will be on air for our pre-match action during the JV meet. We will have a, uh interview with uh, assistant pen coach Chad Hirschberger before the match, and then we'll bring you Penn and Belmont. And tomorrow evening, we will also have boys basketball intra-county action between Belmont and South Adams as Belmont returns to the court. James Arnold is back for South Adams. That should be a very good 
uh, game. And then on Thursday, we've got the 1-2 and two Celtics at the 3-0 and o Pacers. They have been entertaining to watch at the start of the season. That's a 3 p.m. Uh, New Year's Eve tip-off. And then no sports on Friday, New Year's Day. On Saturday for Team State, we will have pre-match action for you before 10 o'clock. And then we will bring you uh, coverage of both Adams Central and South Adams match, matches in the first round. And then we'll be with you the rest of the day throughout. We are going to tape delay Purdue at Illinois. Illinois ranked in the top 10. Purdue had a very good start to the season so far. That game is going to be brought to you after the completion of Bluffton at Belmont, the girls' game. And let me tell you what, if you're a fan of high school basketball, you need to listen to this game. Bluffton comes in at 8-3. and three. The Belmont girls have a very good team. They are 7-1. and one. That's a 7 p.m. tip-off. And then at Sunday, uh, on Sunday, then a very important game for Browns fans and Colts fans <laughs> alike. As the Colts are 10-5, and five, they need a win over the 1-14 Jacksonville Jaguars, who actually have uh, nothing to play for. They've already clinched Trevor Lawrence in the first uh, overall pick in the NFL draft. So they have no reason not to try to beat the Colts. Browns fans hope that they do beat the Colts. And uh, AJ's rooting for the Jags on Sunday at 3.30. The Colts, By then, the Colts they, had their chance against Pittsburgh the other day, and they let it get they away will, from them. Uh, they will know that uh, if the Browns have won or not and all the other 10-5 and five teams. And then Monday night next week, we will have the Matt Painter Show at 6.05 and our show with Ben Sprunger, our uh, special guest, the head coach of the Bluffton Tigers, as he previews the, um, the duel between Belmont and Bluffton and also looks back at the 1A tournament where he's participating Monday at 7.05. That sounds like a schedule that I always talk about. WZBD Sports, you're the leader in sports in Adams County. And we'd like to thank uh, Coach Eric Myers for being our special guest tonight as our, our overtime period has ended. And we'll go to the podcast section here in a moment. But uh, I always like to thank all of our sponsors. I'd like to thank everybody for tuning in for our radio section. And I'd like to thank uh, Steve Rouse for running aboard for us back to studio. And with that, uh, we're out. But tune in tomorrow at about uh, 1130-ish as uh, we'll be on the air covering the Belmont Penn match. So with that, tune in tomorrow and the rest of the sports all week long and on the next week's show. Uh, 705 here from the Double Eagle Clubhouse Grill. So, Dane, this is a section. What do we want to talk about here with Coach Myers? Well, we want to give a few more details about the Team State Tournament and what we know. Um, you know, there's a lot of people putting in a lot of work to get this thing going and off the ground. We're mostly concerned about the 1A and 2A fields, 3A and 4A. Obviously, at Franklin, at Brownsburg. They're going to have their own regulations, but we do want to let people know that uh, they're going to be limiting the squads to 21 wrestlers per team, along with a couple of coaches and a couple of managers. From there, they are only allowing siblings, parents, step-parents in, and that's going to be a maximum of 50 fans per team. Uh, They have to be able to stay under the limit that the Coliseum has given them. Uh, There will be a list at the door. Uh, coaches are going to be providing a list of uh, wrestlers, and you're going to be able. To, you're going to need to check in by wrestler, identify who you are, and uh, that's who's going to be, <laughs> be allowed in. So, Eric, uh, you think you're going to be able to fill a team bus of enough people to come up here with all your fans and everybody from uh, from Jay County? I, well, <laughs> I, I think we've got great fans. We've got good representation. I know that. Yeah. You know, 
it's hard for us to get to, to a group of 21 kids that we we're going to weigh in and, and have wrestle. Um, but I, like I said earlier, our, our team's pumped. They're excited to have the opportunity to wrestle on this. Well, we certainly look forward to the 2A tournament. Uh, it was ultra competitive last year. We really felt, uh, you and I did, Coach, that Western and Oak Hill had kind of separated themselves last year as the two front runners, uh, perhaps just because they were so close that we couldn't separate the two of them and this just sort of rose above the Belmont and the Garrett. I think if we redid it, uh, it could have come out differently. But uh, obviously, Belmont went out and they beat Garrett twice over the course of two weeks. Garrett reached the finals. Belmont certainly a deserved 2A team state champ last year. But uh, that Oak Hill and Western uh, matchups last year in the semifinals, Oak Hill... We watched it. They, they were wrestling Columbia City last year. It went down to the final duel. We thought, well, they, you know, Oak Hill's got the guy they won out there. That's the match that they're going to win. They're going to move on. Western had been beaten uh, by Garrett, and we thought, well, this is the way it's going to go, and, and Columbia City came through and, and beat Oak Hill. Yeah, and we were in that uh, that pool with Columbia City and Oak Hill, and, you know, Oak Hill was, Oak Hill was tough, and I just remember walking off the mat against after Columbia, the Columbia City match thinking – well, they seem like they're a little bit better than Oak Hill, and it, you know they were able to pull off that win. Um, Columbia City is a, a solid program, and you know they they sent out tough guys in every single weight class. You know, like we talked about, you know, not everyone's a, a state level guy, but every one of those kids is solid. You know, and Coach Andrew King down at Oak Hill ran a program down there for years. I mean, you've coached against him, and he's as intense as a coach and as passionate a coach. As I mean, as you're ever going to see. I mean, I know when I used to referee some of those down in that area down there. He was he was there and he was he wanted every call. He wanted to be in the middle of it. And I'm going to segue back. You and I usually think that this man is a very calm coach. When we start talking about the ACAC duels, we talk about that match with Adam Central. That's as that's as hot as I've seen you on that overtime call that uh, you didn't get the call you wanted. And, and I kind of agree. That I think that maybe the call was made a little bit too quick, let him roll around a little bit. But uh, what's, what's your take on that call? Yeah, well, <laughs> that was just in a spot where, you know, I, I felt like we needed that match to seal it, seal it up. And it was, you know, an intense moment there. And I, I, I felt like he stopped it before the, the action was finished. And especially, you know, I think it's really important, you know, that they talk, officials talk about ratings and, you know, and getting your, your Fort Wayne area officials to the state finals. Well, it's important there because they've seen your kids wrestle before. And Tony Wood is a, he's a scrambler, you know, and a lot of times you would think that you're in a position, um, where, where a takedown should be called. And the next thing you know, they'll, you know, Wood will have the takedown or they'll be on their feet again. And it would have been a, a poor takedown call. And, uh, you know, that, that's the first match that, Josh Howard's probably officiated of his. And I, he did a good job throughout the match. I just, uh, you know, it was a, a tight place right there in overtime, and and I didn't agree with the call. And you know, it's not the first time I've disagreed well, with the call. My my position as official in that if you're in overtime, give it some time because you know those kids at that level are scramblers and they're going to go. And if you let it go a half tick or a half second, somebody may come up on top, or somebody's going to scramble out of it and let it go a little bit longer because. You're in OT, OT right now. Don't call it too soon. Yeah, yeah. And uh, yeah, circling back again, <laughs> uh, uh, Coach King at Oak Hill. Uh, we have a, a, a former Oak Hill wrestler on our staff and Brad Rossman. Uh, a couple years ago, um, 
he he placed eighth at the, eighth at the state finals, I believe, in, in at 182 in Mason Winters weight class. And uh, I, I found out that he was going to Ball State, and uh, we thought, hey, you know, let's get get that kid in here and have him wrestle with Mason Winter every day. And he he came in and helped us out, and you know he he's been great. Um, great young coach but he speaks really highly of coach king and the oak hill program and you know a lot of respect for that program you know and we mentioned it when we were there on air and in between our breaks we had missed since belmont and adam central had not wrestled or since the belmont adam central match we had taken some time off because Belmont had had some matches canceled, and and we finally came back. And I was on my COVID break, and, and then you were I, then I went on. You were about to start yours, but uh, you know, thank you very much. It, it doesn't matter the level of wrestling that you're talking about. When you get two teams who really want to win a duel, and you get them going back and forth, and you get a good match between two guys who are semi-state slash state quality in Wood and Allman. You know, you can forget everything else that's happening, and you can just sit back and enjoy it. And after the full summer that we've had of not knowing whether we were going to have wrestling, it was really enjoyable to watch you and Coach Curry just get your whole bench and your assistant coaches fired up about winning this one single bout. And I didn't think about COVID for 15 minutes, uh-huh. and, it, and it was wonderful. <laughs> and, and that's what it feels like, too. You know, you, you're sitting there in the corner, and you just have a little bit of a break in the action. You look around, and it feels like everything stopped. Is what, What's happened? Did everybody stop the matches that are going on to watch this one? But that was, that was a fun match. And So I, I, what's that connection with you and Coach Curry? You guys, I can't remember. What's your age difference? You about the same he, he, I was in middle school and he was in high school. So, okay. you know, he's a, a guy that I watched and looked up to, you know, uh, that, that state runner-up finish. And, and it was his junior year. Was it 95, I believe? You know, that, that you think that's the coolest thing you've ever seen whenever you see, you know, a wrestler from your school wrestling under the lights. So that, that's that's my connection with Coach Curry. And then he would he would wander around a little bit at the, um, the freestyle tournaments and, you know, pick up a kid to coach every once in a while so if you're that kid that he picks up to coach you feel like like you're pretty cool at that time so i, I remember that also and obviously those ACAC duels have been a big success they bring in a lot of fans it's a great format i've i have not spoken to a single ACAC coach that doesn't like being able to come for those two days get your ACAC matches in and then be able to manipulate your schedule however you want it to you guys don't really wrestle anybody else in the ACAC in your schedule correct um, we see Bluffton again at the ECIC, okay. and that's that's about it. Yeah, whereas uh, Heritage has traditionally gone back and wrestled Woodland again. They've wrestled mm-hmm. South Adams again. Mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, it allows the teams to have a little bit more flexibility in their scheduling, and that's something that I think the NA8 could probably benefit from. And I know if yeah. you talk to Coach Myers at Belmont, uh, he said the same thing. Yeah, and so that weekend, though, is probably my most stressful going in of you know at least early season because you just feel like you've got to do your homework (laughs) you got to make sure because you know each team knows each other so well you just want to make sure that you're able to get every single one of those points well your kids can't get out wrestled but you don't want to get out coached (laughs) absolutely i I try my best not to do that (laughs) it happens (laughs) you guys have had a lot of success in that format Uh, has anybody other than jay county or adam central won 
the 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 event in that no. format yet. Yeah, I think it's just been those those two teams. And, so and you know, you guys. I I was hoping that you guys could keep up up there. I think there were five changes in the first six weight classes. Yeah, there was a couple times like, who's this kid? It's like, I think that's so and so. And then I you know I went up to the table whenever we were trying to clarify that. Coach Curry and I said, hey, you know, this is this is the way this duel goes every single year. So, <laughs> it was, yeah, and it, it, it has bred a very good rivalry between your two schools and sure. something that gets followed then what happens at the ACAC duels sort of lights a fire in one of those teams and and it motivates them going into that that ACAC tournament in a different format and then you also get that opportunity then to to recreate that again at sectional the following week i've got to correct myself bluffton won ACAC duels last year they did. With Coach Sprunger coming in next week, you know, he might be hot. <laughs> he will, <laughs> he know? will call you on that yeah. right away. <laughs> of course, they, they didn't get uh, invited into the 1A team state last year where they would have been really competitive. Mm-hmm. This year, they haven't had the lineup that we thought they were going to have. But if they had everybody back that was coming from last year and they get Landon Birch back, that's a team that, that you're not going to want to just draw and take for granted in 1A. Mm-hmm. Now, this is something that I was going to bounce off you, Dane. I, what a better time than to do it just right now. Um, but, you know, the, we were a team that was on the outside looking in, you know, for Team State. And, I, you know, I had, I had more middle school state placers than I've ever had coming into this season. Also, they had a middle school Team State. And our, our middle school team was the runner-up. Would there be any consideration to put small point values on that? I, I know that would be difficult because sometimes you have to convince people that, uh, you know, that, that kid will attend your school <laughs> eventually. <laughs> but um, I, it was just something interesting that I thought about. You know, would that help a team that has a great incoming class maybe get a little bit more recognition or maybe boast, uh, boost them up into a, a vote-in or a qualifying area? Yeah, and it would be awfully difficult because those teams do get, you know, they qualify into March, and then coaches clinic the vote-ins usually in April yeah, uh, as, yeah. we, as we pick mm-hmm. those final teams. And, you know, even for me, making the preseason rankings that go on to the Indiana Map preseason magazine, uh, which sells hundreds of copies across the across the state, you know. I'm still asking in October. Okay, where did these get, where did these eighth graders end up going? Yeah, where yeah. did they enroll? Who were you know who transferred where? Mm-hmm. Uh, and as sure. as we get further into the current mode of high school wrestling, it, it gets more and more difficult to know who is going to be wrestling where next week. And sure. unfortunately, with the current format, that makes it really difficult to choose twelve teams to wrestle for next year's team state title at the end of the, the previous season. Yeah, and for me, you know, it was harder to recognize those things that leave teams like us out, like, you know, similar teams until they happen to you. And you're like, well, this is, you know, I, I understood why we didn't make it. You know, we, we didn't perform as well with our, some of our upperclassmen in the state tournament series. Um, but then, you know, we, we've got the team that we have this year, and uh, I, I just kind of looked through it and thought, you know, why didn't we qualify? What could be adjusted there? And it's you know we've got twelve teams in the one and two A classes, so you get the majority of those solid teams. But it's just something that crossed my mind. I thought, well, I understand your point, but it makes it really hard for Dane and the other guys. That, right? How do you rate junior high placers? I mean, yeah. should that be a factor, or how far down you go? It gets very convoluted, and it yeah. gets it gets to be too big of an elephant. Yeah, and you have some weight classes where you know. There's just studs that place in middle school state one through eight, and then somewhere, 
you know, you don't see half that weight class ever again. I, I do see how he could say maybe you get a partial point for three guys that placed in the top five sure. in, in middle school state. Okay, get a partial point. Now, is that going to factor in? It may. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and, and, you know, we'll talk to Mike Reiser next week on the show. I think he's going to call in. You know, he always struggles with how much weight do I place on these guys who wrestle the summer circuits, who wrestle at IHPO. Um, do I automatically penalize a kid who doesn't wrestle over the summer, even though I think he may be on par with some of these other kids who are wrestling over the summer? And, it, you know, it, 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 goes, it goes all the way back to the original problem that we have, and that this is a, a flawed format that we have in the first place. Yeah. And we're, we're continually trying to make it better. You know, a slight tweak or a different change in the rules, you may have seen a 2A tournament this year, which included Columbia City, Bishop Dwanger, uh, Northwood, and the 2A tournament could be completely different with those teams involved. Well, I mean, I don't think there's any arguing right now. Columbia City would be the absolute one seed in 2A if if uh, if they were 2A if two yeah if two, <laughs> if two more teams would have had one more wrestler at sectional last year mm-hmm. i mean they are the smallest team in 3A this year it's that close well, and that that rule of who's included and who's not has changed three times in the last 5 years and if we would have been going by the old rules columbia city would have been in 2A and it would have been a completely different tournament now i i, I do i do think that mike Reiser's job's a little bit easier because if you're going to take and weight those kids that wrestle in the summer, that's that dedication factor. It means that they're dedicated and they're working hard in the summer. Now, yeah, do you penalize a kid that doesn't wrestle? No, but I think you just weight positively to a kid that does work in the summer and works a lot more, and that makes it easier for him to rank individuals. Mm-hmm. And going back to Coach Meyer's point, everything that we, all of the information that we have about every wrestler is always skewed based on where they're from. And, mm-hmm. and kids from Jay County and from Belmont and from Adams Central and from South Adams, they get viewed from the Fort Wayne semi-state lens. And, and their accomplishments do not match the accomplishments of someone from Newcastle who has similar accomplishments. And we've had some conversation about, you know, the Jeffersonville Regional right now is really weak. They have not done well at uh, semi-state in recent years. And there are some teams coming out of there with a, a, a great number of semi-state qualifiers, and a lot of those kids lose in the first round. Well, how do we judge those teams that come out of, you know, no matter how hard you try, there's still going to be some sort of bias, some sort of, uh, of lens that you're viewing every team from. We can't wrestle all 305 teams in a round robin. Yeah, and ideally, and and yeah, <laughs> ideally that's how we do it. It'd be like European soccer, but you can't. And 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 eventually, you just have to accept that part of the state finals, team state, all of those things is getting kids from different parts of the state and bringing them together. I, and I, as soon as you try to to try to make the eight best, the very best in every situation, be the ones who qualify. Boy, that's just impossible in, in a state like ours. I, I don't want you to overthink it. Don't beat yourself up. I think you guys do a great job of seeding it. I think the, the results prove that. I mean, except for like 1A last year when there was, everybody was like 1-1-1 one, one, and, one and they come out. I mean, but that was a crapshoot. But you put the best teams ranked at the best level in that thing and you seeded them very close to accurately. I mean, don't 
peel the onion down to the 10th <laughs> layer and think you could do it better. Now, Coach Myers has a point. He didn't make it in. Why didn't he make it in? Well, there's a lot of things. Well, we weren't good enough last yeah, year. Yeah, <laughs> and, and that's what it comes down to. If you're not good enough, you have to understand yeah. that. You mm-hmm. you want to be in, but you realize, yeah. hey, we didn't wrestle well enough. And, I mean, if, if teams come back and say Belmont has a really down year this year because they didn't get a wrestle enough, you know, do yeah. they not make it in? And, yeah. and the thing is, you you make those points because you want to wrestle in that <clears throat> tournament. You know, that, that tournament has a state championship <laughs> atmosphere. You know, those kids walk in, the kids I had last year walk into that tournament, that's the first time I had the chance to coach in it since the very first one at Westfield. And, you know, they look around like, this is awesome. You know, you're, you're walking in there side by side with Modern Day, with Cathedral, you know, with, with the top teams in the state and getting the opportunity to wrestle in the same venue as them. And, and you know, last year uh, we, you talked about the, some of the 1A fans, 2A fans. You know, it's wild. You've got that many high-level matches going on at once. You just hear screaming from one end to the other. And, you're uh, you know, like for you guys watching that many matches, I feel like you're – it's like being at B Dubs and having you know all the TVs on it on a, a Sunday. So only the lasagna is better yeah. at the Coliseum than the wings are. Yeah, at yeah. B Dubs. And, and we have a great vantage point not only to see the match, but the lasagna was right behind us, and we're the first ones to know when it's on the table. I'm gonna have to get this lasagna. Yeah, you're you gotta gonna have to. Yeah, we'll probably get prepackaged. That's why he was mad he didn't make didn't make it at Team State. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I wanted to get. The I lasagna. miss lasagna. Yeah, we'll probably get prepackaged hot dogs like we did at the uh-huh. State Football. Ball finals where I got a no way I got a half a side of hot dogs and a half a side of COVID I think is what I ended up with. But hey, we do have one announcement for anybody who's still listening to the podcast. Uh, we have had a change at 3A as Bloomington South has been quarantined and will not be able to attend. They have been replaced by Terre Haute South, Terre Haute South, and Ron Colley. I'd have to look back at my notes because I don't remember it well enough whether I voted for Terre Haute South or voted for Ron Colley in April, but. Uh, they were tied for the last spot in. So Terre Haute South are going to be uh, involved in that tournament. And uh, I think it's a great step for that area of the state in wrestling, which has really struggled uh, in recent years, in the last decade or two. And uh, I think that's great for them to be able to travel to Franklin to take on some of those teams. And I think uh, Terre Haute South is a team that's not guaranteed to get eighth. I think they're definitely a team who is uh, capable of getting a fifth or sixth place finish. Yeah, I noticed some really solid results of theirs. I, I wish I had them in front of me. I can't. I remember they had a couple of big wins or a couple of close matches with some top-level teams. Yeah, and we get into that situation sometimes where uh, some areas of the state just don't like to travel to other areas. And we were joking earlier, perhaps around that, that Newcastle, Rushville, Lawrenceburg area that they don't, they don't quite get out as much as some other teams do across the state. Sometimes it seems like the indie schools, they're in Evansville one week and they're in Merrillville the next uh, but uh, Terre Haute South, one of those teams that sometimes stays close to home. Oak Hill, another one of those teams that, that, that likes to stay close to home. But uh, definitely not worth penalizing them for that. But a lot of times there's not a lot to compare. When we look at the 3A uh, bracket wrecks, there was not a single head-to-head when we sat here and, and seated them last Sunday in that tournament amongst the eight teams. They, none of them had seen each other in a duel the entire season. Well, I can explain part of the reason why those, those teams down around the ECIC don't travel. There are no roads. <laughs> they, the roads just don't go anywhere. I, I told you, I, I refereed a tournament, and I was at Connorsville, and I had to go to the, their conference, ECIC, and asked a lady from Batesville, I said, 
how do you get to Batesville from here? And she says, oh, honey, you can't get there from here. You have to go someplace else and then go there. And I started laughing, and I realized from Decatur, I took 13 highways to get to that school. 13 highways. So in 3A, that's then going to change the bracket so that Franklin will wrestle Terre Haute South. Columbus East is going to get a fairly familiar foe in Ron Colley in the 2-7 matchup. And then Hobart and Mishawaka will wrestle each other. Two northern Indiana teams in the 3-6 matchup. And then Northridge will wrestle East Central. Honestly, I think Northridge and East Central are two of the biggest unknowns in the entire tournament amongst all four classes. I wouldn't be surprised if East Central gets second or eighth. And I wouldn't be surprised if Northridge, uh, you know, they could potentially finish second, maybe third, all the way down to eighth. I really don't know. We haven't seen enough of those teams. They haven't wrestled enough competition around to really be able to justify them being a higher seed. Uh, East Central earned a higher seed than Ron Colley by beating some of the Ohio teams by a lot more than what Ron Colley beat them. But that's one of those things where, you know, sometimes it just comes down to matchups, and especially with COVID, uh, you know, Jake County and Belmont may wrestle the same team on the same Saturday, and Jake County may win two of the matches by 30, and Belmont wins by five, and then they wrestle rounds four and five, and it's flip-flopped, and sometimes it just comes down to matchups. You know, and some of those schools that you just talked about, there are not a lot of schools in that area. They're very sparsely populated, and if you don't have a big powerhouse pocket where your school's from, you got to get out and go someplace, and if you're not one of those teams that travels very well, you don't go wrestle the competition, and you're not going to get the higher seeds that you need. Well, and all the coaches are cut from the same cloth, so the 1A coaches... They don't want to schedule anybody from 1A that's not already a 1A team state team, and they want to move up to 2A. And for the 2A coaches, they don't wrestle anybody outside of their conference who's not already going to team state in 1A or in 2A, but they only want to wrestle 3A and 4A teams. And so for some 3A teams, they don't ever want to wrestle a team from 1A or 2A to begin with, so they're only wrestling 4A teams. So we have a Uh, a couple of teams in 3A who have five or six losses who will only wrestle 4A teams who are going to team state. So, you know, Franklin has, I can't remember how many losses, four, five, six losses, but they're the one seed, whereas East Central and Northridge, they haven't lost a match uh, at all, as you see Eric Mann calling me right now as uh, Adam Central's basketball games are over now. But uh, Well, it is 8.30, guys. Uh, we, uh, we don't want to extend the podcast version too much. We've, we've touched on a lot of information. But this is what it's all about, Rex. I know. <laughs> but uh, So that way, if uh, Eric wants to listen to his podcast when he's in the car driving someplace. But uh, we'd like to thank everybody for tuning in. like to thank all of our sponsors allow us to uh, just jabber on about wrestling each week. And uh, uh, look forward to uh, doing a Belmont match. We haven't had a Belmont match in a long time, it seems like. And uh, uh, we'll be back on the air tomorrow with uh, wrestling at about uh, 11.30. And uh, then after that, the big one we're looking to is uh, January 4th, the team state. January, January 2nd. 2nd. I'm sorry, January 4th is when I have to go back to my real job. <laughs> and before we go off the air, we want to give a big shout-out to uh, uh, one of our best friends, and that's Jeff Heller as he is always listening to the podcast. And uh, we want to verify that he's actually listening and that he doesn't just say that he's listening. (laughs) So if he hears this now, he should text us in the group chat and say, yes, I actually am listening. So uh, before we get off the air, I mean, we've talked about coaches. Do we have uh, Coach Humble lined up to be our guest one one night? Have you touched base? He is. He is on standby. 
ready to jump in at a minute's notice. And and I bring that up because Coach Myers is a former Adam Central wrestler, and Adam Central and Coach Humble have bred so many wrestling coaches, it's just not even funny. We start down the list, talk about them. And Coach Humble was also part of your program when you were still at South Adams, correct? He he was not. He was not, time. okay. He was up yeah. at Southside, I think, at the time. He was still at New Haven. He was New still Haven. at New Haven. Yeah, okay. yeah. So, and, and one time, whenever you guys have me on, I'll, I'll talk to you about how I got my start in coaching and how Coach Humble helped out in that. That, that's that'll be a next time. Thing, well, you know, we'd so. have we'd have to have fifteen coaches on right. to have those fifteen conversations. <laughs> well, well, I'm just saying, me personally. <laughs> well, the good thing is we have like twenty shows this year. We're on from September okay. to April well, this year. So. And, and if Dane pushes it anymore, we we could have a summer all summer uh-huh. long show. Uh huh. I like it. With that, we're gonna send it back to the studio, Steve Rouse, and uh, who's gonna cut the time off and our podcast will be uploaded sometime later this week and I'd like to thank everybody for tuning in and especially like Steve for uh, sticking around and uh, running this for us so with that we're off the air